So this morning, if you're turning your Bibles with me, let's start at John, John 6 and 63. We are in this middle part of this series on uh, prayer and understanding uh, the process of prayer, understanding choosing, as we've entitled this series, I Choose to Pray. Why do I choose to pray? Why is prayer so important? And we began the process by saying the, the steps that are required to have a successful prayer life. Number one, you must have humility in your life. There has to reach a point before you ever pray. In fact, when is the best time to pray? When you're in trouble. That's what the Bible says very clearly. In times of trouble, call on me. It's easy. He's even made it easy. It isn't even hard to want to pray when you're in trouble. He says, listen to me. In times of trouble, call on me. Oh, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to bother pastor. I don't want to bother God. I don't want to bother. No, no, that's, that's the whole purpose is, is that you would choose to cry out. You would choose to call out on the Lord in your time of distress, in your time of need. Now, the wisest thing you can do is realize that you have a need for God every second of your day. In fact, you can't take your next breath without God. Your heart doesn't beat without God. You don't have tomorrow without God. If you really get down into it and you start to grow in it, you'll understand how often do I need to pray. Paul said, I pray without ceasing. I'm constantly reminding myself of the need that I have for God. So it begins, number one, with an understanding that I need to pray. I need to call on him. I don't have the power to solve the problems in my life. I don't have the uh, ability to fix what's going on. Secondly, when we do this, we found out last week that we have a reservoir of power given to us. A reservoir of God promising, giving us the answers even before we ask. Already telling us before you even ask, before you do it, I'm going to answer it. I, if you call on me, I will answer it. If you ask anything in my name, I might do it. No, I will do it. He already goes to the extreme and says, listen to me, I'm telling you, I will do it. I just need you to humble yourself, and I need you to realize that I'm all-powerful. Call on me, run to me, cry out to me, fall at me. Whatever you have to do, get to me. If you knock, it will be. If you seek, it will be. He gives promise after promise after promise. And for the last two weeks, we've dealt with those two. Now, this is the hinge of prayer. This is why most people's prayers don't work because of what I'm going to share with you today. Most people will tell you, God can do it. Most people even tell you, I've been praying. Then what's the problem? If I've got power, I know God's got all the power in the world, and I know he, he's, he's undefeated, and I, and I know I've been praying because everywhere I've been going, I've been crying out in my car, I've been crying out in the refrigerator, I've been, I, I mean, I've been crying all the time. How come I'm, I'm still not seeing what I want to see? Well, today, let's deal with the third part, this very most important part of what I'm going to teach you. And that is, I choose not only his power, I don't just choose humility, but I choose his words in my prayer. I choose his words in prayer. Now that sounds like, well, that's, you know, that's what I hope I'm doing. No, no, no. You have to make a distinctive effort to choose his words in prayer. Go with me now to John 
6 and 63. We're going to read a few verses, and I'm going to show you some things. It is the Spirit who gives life, and flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. Go to the next scripture, John 8. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm going to tell you something. There are over 20 new teachings of God's word that comes through Jesus Christ's life. When Jesus walked on the earth, a lot of times people say, well, he, you know, he spoke from the Old Testament. He spoke from the Old Testament. He did. He fulfilled all the Old Testament. But listen to me. Over 20 times, he gave us new words strictly from him to us for us to say believe on. Over 20 new sayings that we are to hold on. Now, some of them we do very simply. If we call on the Lord, we shall be saved. Okay, there's some of them that, that, are, that are very simple. But let me just run down the list of a few of them for you. If you believe his word, if you call on his word, if you stand on his word, here's what takes place. You will receive knowledge of the truth. You will be liberated from uh, sin. You will gain intimacy with the Father and the Son. You will be loved by the Father and the Son in a special way. You will disclose or reveal himself to you when you believe in his truth. The Father and Son will come to you when you believe in his truth. The Father and Son will make their home with you when you believe in his truth. The prayer of request will be answered when you believe in his truth. You'll dwell and remain in his love when you walk in his truth. Jesus' joy will be in you when you believe in his truth. I can go on and on. You will have ongoing infusion of the spirit of life in you when you decide that I believe in his truth. So his truth has to be part of the prayer life that I pray. In fact, Jesus warned, he says, don't pray as the heathen. What What was their system of prayer? Their system of prayer was that I would use many words or I would use repetitive words over and over and over. So by my much praying, by my much talking, by my much saying, then, then it must be a God thing. Well, we find out in the Old Testament that that's not true because remember Elijah? Elijah has called to Mount Carmel for this battle and the prophets of Baal spend half a day cutting themselves calling out on their God, doing every sort of manner of thing, dancing, anything they could do, playing instruments, all this. And Elijah comes up in a 120-word prayer, fire falls from heaven. What was he trying to say? It's not in the abundance of what you're saying. It's in lining up with what I already have told you is going to happen. When you do that, when you get away from many words or repeating chants or trying to come up with this, you're going to find your prayer life is going to grow. We said it in the song just a while ago. I was back there worshiping. How did it go? You said it, and I believe it. You said it, and it is done. You said it. What? 
You said it. Some of y'all done forgot what you were singing. You just singing it, and you already done forgot it. I don't remember exactly what I was saying. I was just copying them. What they're doing is trying to teach you a very simple, simple philosophy. He said it. It's done. He said it. I believe it. He said it. Therefore, it's got to happen. Go go with me in your Bibles to Romans 10. Let me show you how this works. See, we think prayer as saying a lot of things. We need to call prayer nights, and that's great. It's great to call prayer nights. It's great to pray together. We pray before church. It's great to pray, but it's not in the amount. It's not in how much. It's whether or not your prayer can attach to his word. The only way it will ever work, you, all the power is there, you've humbled yourself, but if you do not believe, then what will happen in your life? You will turn to something else in the process. Your test of prayer, the test of your prayer is whether or not you will turn from what has already been spoken into your heart. That's the test of prayer. When we talk about all seasons, we've, we've showed the video of where we started on Bank Street the last few weeks. We've talked about all the issues we had to go through and, and all the things and selling peanut brittle and, and, and just, just the whole process of getting to where we are in 20-something years. But let me tell you, none of it happens just because God had power. It did not happen just because we humbled ourselves and cried out and said, God, we can't do it. Eventually, when God spoke a word, and the first word that I ever received was when I walked up to the building before we had ever moved here, met anyone, I stuck my face to the glass, and God said, in five years, Tim, I'll, I'll help you get out of this location, and I'll put you in a good place. That was all I got. That was it. In five years, you will be out of this place, and you will be in a good location. I'm like, <laughs> so when I came to all seasons in forest, and all 10 people were sitting there, what do you think I told them? I said, in five years, we're going to be out of here. They went through six pastors nearly in six years. They ain't even had a pastor last five years. And here I'm telling them, not only am I going to be here for five years, but we're going to build another building in five years. We're going to move from here in five years. Well, you can imagine how that went over. Everybody was excited. People started selling their cars and their houses and donating money. No. It took two and a half years for me to finally realize that people didn't believe me. They were just listening to me, but they didn't believe me. How do I know it? Because in two and a half years, when we finally bought the first lot, the lot you see next door where that building is, when we finally bought that and started paying on it, my church split. I had four or five. Well, when you ain't got but 10 people, it's not so bad a split. I know it sounds like hard. Oh, man, it's church split. But you ain't have but 10 people, so if five leave, you didn't lose a whole lot. So half my church <laughs> said, we don't believe, we, we're not following you. I'm like, man, we already bought the land. We're going to get there. You're never going to get there. Rumors all over town start stirring. They're going to have to sell that lot. They ain't going to be able to pay for the lot. They, they, there's no way they'll ever be. I remember we poured the slab. They're going to have to sell it. It's never going to. And I mean, every rumor, everything through the next five or ten years. Remember all that? Yeah. If you were around during then, you remember all of that. And what were you holding to? God's power? Yes. 
Humility had a lot of that. But more than anything, it was the word that he spoke over my life. It's the word that he said, don't let go of. It's the word at two and a half years in when I'm frustrated and everything's that I get calls and says, look, come be my associate pastor. Come do this. Come be with me. And I'm like, God, here's my out. God says, you can't go anywhere. You said five years. No, I said, God, you said five years. I just told them what you said. But you could change your mind, God. And God's like, I don't change my mind. I told you what we're going to do. And I need you, not your power. I don't need your might. I don't need you to fix it. I need you to believe me. I need you not to let go of me. And that's hard, isn't it? So let me show you what prayer looks like in reality versus what we call prayer when we all kneel down and cry a little bit and hug each other after it's over. Let me show you what real prayer looks like. Go with me to Romans 10, verses 11 through 17. For the Scripture said, whoever believes on him will not be put to... Whoever believes on him, you will not be put to shame. It doesn't mean the world won't pick on you, but you, at the end of the story, you will be victorious. For there is no distinction between a Jew and a Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call on him. Okay, that's called what? Prayer. Look at the person beside you and say, calling on him is called prayer. Yeah. Just all you got to do is call on him. Just pray. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear him here without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are... There's that key word. See, a lot of times we just we stop at the verse before. We, us evangelistic style, man, you just, you'd stop right there. How, how are they going to know unless somebody's been preaching? you got to have a preacher. No, you don't have to have a preacher. Anybody can be a preacher. A rooster can be a preacher. Donkey can be a preacher. But I'm going to tell you what's significant, the next verse. And how shall they preach unless they are... Unless somebody gave you a word to speak to somebody, you're useless. Unless God has given you a word to say, here's what God spoke to me to bring to you to tell you, that's preaching. It's not my word. It's not what I think. It's what God has said as it is written. And notice now, it doesn't say a preacher. Then it says that it ends on this. And how shall they preach unless they are sent Then comes the real pretty part. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good of the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they are not all, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by, here's your verse. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing can only come by the 
Not from a preacher, not from a singer, not from... It comes from God's Word. And I'm going to tell you the problem with us in America. Ministries, pulpits, Sunday school classes, chat rooms. We all preaching. Bunch of preachers. But they missed a step. They didn't hear a word that God said, I won't let fall or fail. I, in my power, through your humility, I will never let you be made ashamed. They're preaching, speaking all kinds of things. But very few in our day and age take the time to say, God, what is the word that you want me to say? Now, that's heartbreaking. Realize well, you shouldn't say, do you not see the results? Do you not see our culture? Do you think we're speaking a word? you think we're Jeremiah speaking a word and getting in trouble because of it? Do you think we're Isaiah, one of the prophets, speaking a word, and all of a sudden we're being tortured, tormented because we're telling them what God has told us? No. No, we're preaching something that's kind of in between, something that steps on somebody's toes. But at the same time, we can hug necks at the end. Let me show it to you in a way you'll understand. Go with me to Hebrews 11, beginning at, let's just go to verse 4. You don't have to go there, but I'm just going to go through some. Hebrews 11 is this understanding of faith. Now, we already understand what? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So that when we go to Hebrews 11 and decide we're going to talk about people of faith, that means people of faith had to have done what? They had to have heard. This is not something they just did. It's something they had to have heard. And when they heard it, they, by faith, stood on it. They, in prayer, heard. They, in crying out to God, heard. They, in wanting to see God, call prayer what you want to. Calling out, crying out, falling on. In their prayer, they heard a word. And their word became faith. Now, understanding that, Man, I could preach an hour and a half right there. But understanding that, let's go. There's the first man that's listed. His name is Abel. Abel taught us that faith can save our souls. Abel is the one who brings a sacrifice to God, and God says to Abel, that's well-pleasing to me. Cain is the one who brings fruits, and God says, don't like it. And Abel's sacrifice was a good sacrifice because he heard God's word into his spirit, into his life, and he chose a better way. He chose to say, you know what? Cain may have looked at him and said, you know what? You ain't got to kill your best calf. You ain't got to kill this. Oh, no, I've got to. Why? Because God has spoken to me and said, that's what I have to do. Cain kills Abel for what reason? You ever think about, we just always talk about Cain killed Abel. Why? Because Cain rejects the word from God, and it makes him mad that Abel accepts the word from God. 
That's all. Just like you, you go to church and somebody in the world looks at you like those dumb, ignorant people going to church and praying that, I mean, there's no such thing as God. They need to get an education. I mean, if you're smart enough, you solve your own problems. You need... It's the same concept. Somebody who watches you choose the way God said to live. God said, don't cease to assemble yourselves together. So I got up this morning and I went to church. God said, I wish men everywhere would lift up holy hands. So during praise, I'm doing this in the back room. You don't have to do all of that. Yes, I do. Because he said so. I'm choosing his word. What did you choose? Well, I choose to do what I feel like doing. Oh, got some cane in you. I'm not into all that. Got some cane running out of you, huh? God gave you a word. You didn't like the word, so you chose to do something on your own. You know what's going to happen when you hang out with me very long? You're going to get mad at me, upset at me. I make people mad all the time, it seems like. Bro, Lord, I don't know what I need to do. Here's what you need to do. You need to do this right here. It's real simple. Just obey the word of God. If you obey the word of God, whether you can kick, dance, laugh, shout, I don't give a hoot. Just obey the word. If you can learn to obey the word, it'll work itself out. That's what Abel did. Abel was faithful to God's word. He gave a sacrifice when Cain said, here's my groceries. And one day in the field, I don't know what they were talking about. I don't know what was going on, but I can kind of imagine Abel's out there. His life is blessed. He's doing good. His crops are blessed. His color, everything's being blessed. And Cain is sitting there just mad and just, I'm telling you what, everything I put my hands to don't work. Nothing that works right. And, and here you are. And it makes him so angry. He can't kill God, so he kills The world can't kill God, so they want to close your church. They want to keep you out of school. They want to tell you prayer's bad. You can pray anything, but don't use Jesus' name. Why? Because they're canes. Man, I just need about five hours. How if we go to Enoch, chapter 11, verse 5, Enoch taught us that faith pleases God. When we obey God, listen to God, follow God, Enoch... One day's walking along, done had kids, life's good. He got so close to God, God said he was not. He just, God just carried him on. Didn't die. How about Noah? Noah taught us that faith can save our families. That's what it says. Go with me in your Bibles to Numbers, or Hebrews 11 and 7. Listen to what it says. By faith, by faith, faith means I have heard something which is the word of God, and I have believed on it, and I count it as faith. Faith, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his... It was real simple. We try to make it like, well, Noah built this ark. Noah, man, had the animals. I'll tell you what Noah was doing. Noah was living his life, And the word of God came. And the word of God said, Noah, it ain't going to be many years now, and I'm going to destroy everything. Everything. And Noah looked around and said, well, I don't want my family to die. And God said, you better get the building in, son. Here, let me show you what it's supposed to look like. Let me show you how to build it. Noah didn't do it to save the world. He did it to save his Y'all keep, keep making like, I want to win the world. I'm going to move to Ethiopia. How about just winning your mate? 
How about your kid? How about the person that works next door to you? Pick somebody that's worth your life making a sacrifice. Noah said, I'm willing to do it for my family. We could keep going. We could talk about Abraham. Abraham's faith taught us how to guide our steps, taught us how we could, we could do this. Sarah taught us how to do the impossible. Everything is a word of God. What came before Sarah's baby? A word. A word said, a year from now, I'm going to come. And this time next year, I'll come and you will have a child. And Sarah's behind the tent laughing within herself. Like, that ain't happening. What is he learning? Nothing's impossible with God. Isaac taught us that faith brings future blessings. Go to Hebrews 11 and 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to... Let me tell you where you can't go. You can't go where God's Word hadn't told you. And I'm going to tell you where you can go. You can go anywhere God's Word told you. And until you understand that truth, you're going to live a life of always, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't understand... You can go no further than what God said, here's my word on your life. And you can't go any further than God where he hasn't spoken a word on your life. And you can beat your head. You can wonder why your church is this and this ain't growing. Our family's this and this. I'll tell you why. Because you didn't get a word. People talk about my family or talk about how, how do you do your family. It's very simple. When I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I made a deal with God. We made a covenant. And I told God I would go wherever he wanted me to go. I would preach his word. I would love him more than I love anything else. And that has been one of the hardest battles I've ever had to choose. Daily. I would love him more than anything else and I would go wherever he told me to go. I only asked him this one thing. You take care of my family because I won't be there. My wife, who had thyroid cancer early in life, has never had a cent of anything in her life since. I can't hardly tell you of any of my children ever having anything, hardly a broken bone in their whole life. We've lived near ponds. We've had car wrecks. We've went through, and you're like, bro, Lot, you just, you, God's been really good. No, no, God hasn't just been good to me. There's a word that's been spoken. And let me tell you something. Every time something rises up in my life, my daughter a short time ago was having issues. You know what I did? I didn't worry about no doctor. Go to any doctor you want to. Knock yourself out. I'll tell you what I did. I took one day, and me and God had a day together. And I reminded him, I'm still here. I'm not moving. I haven't quit. I love you more than anything. I preach your word. Now you get to healing her, and I mean now. That may sound strange to you, but God says, I like those kind of people. What word do you have over your life that you and God have wrestled out and said, I don't care what happens everywhere else, but I'm telling you it won't happen here. You can go no further than the word that God has spoken into your life. That's good and bad. 
It was great 20-something years when God spoke that word and said, you're going to move out of there and you're going to have this. And So over all these years, it's real simple philosophy. God gives me a word. And as he gives me a word, I bring it to y'all. And I tell you, here's where God's telling us to go. Don't worry. If God said it, we're going to get there. I don't know how, I don't know the way, and I don't know who all he's got to bring or run away. But I know this much, we'll get there. And it's as simple as Hebrews 11, they knew how to pray. Do you know how to pray? Prayer is hearing a word from God, and then in your conversation, speaking that word to God. Learning to pray God's Word. You've got Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. I just told you God gave us 20 extra ones from Jesus that we don't even have in the other parts of the Bible. Shall we talk about Joseph? Shall we talk about Moses? Shall we go on and talk about Samuel? Shall we talk about the prophets? Shall we talk about... Who do you want to talk about? It's always the same. God gives a Word, and it's their responsibility to stand on the Word. Well, y'all getting quiet on me now. Y'all either done got hungry or you finally catching what I'm saying. Let me give you three things you must believe about God's Word in your prayer. Whatever God says, whatever God's Word says is always true. It is not debatable. It is not relatable. It, is not, it does not matter what anybody says, and it's not up for vote. If God says it through his word, if God has spoken it into your life, then it is truth. We could go to Psalms 119. We don't have time, but in Psalms 119, if you have this week, write that down, Psalms 119. You're going to find out these three truths in Psalms 119. You're going to find out that, number one, the psalmist constantly is saying, whatever God has spoken, whatever God has said is true. Verse, verse 42 speaks of that, and, and verse 142 speaks of that, and it just keeps going on. Verse 89 speaks of that. The second thing is this, that God's word demands what's right. You can't say, I believe God's word, and then not do what's right. That's where we are in America. What made Hebrews 11 so powerful? Because they heard the word of God and they did what was right. Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you. I don't know about that, God. Well, man, you are a faithful, you are a faithful man, Abraham. No. He heard it and he, you must obey. You must obey the demands because they're right. And number three, as we're going through this, and, and I'll read a few of these because I want you to catch this. God's Word, God's Word always provides what is good. Now, you, you like me on this end. You wouldn't have liked me 20-something years ago when I'm down at the Bank Street and, and people like, oh, Lord, that's, that's, that's the new preacher down there. I mean, it's a totally different world. I was the same guy, I just hadn't proved God's word yet. I was the same guy, I just hadn't proved that God, what he spoke to me, was true. 
there was all kind of people that said, you're crazy. It won't work. And God just kept opening one door after another. I thought my job, I thought I need to quit my job. I, I mean, if I'm going to grow this church, I need to quit my job. No, I gave you your job. Why? Well, we're going to figure it out. Well, it turns out that I have 80-something stores as a food broker. Well, guess what we were professional at making? Peanut brittle. I had 400-something bars of peanut brittle in the back seat of my car, which I didn't even have to pay for the car. It was a company car, company credit cards. The company was paying me to sell peanut brittle to buy my land. I'm thinking, God, you're so good. They're paying me to drive around the whole state of Mississippi and sell peanut brittle. Oh, and I sell a few groceries for them while I'm at it. I can't tell you just one. All I can tell you is God said, if I said it, it's done. If you said it, I believe it. That's the key. In Psalms 119, go to verse 1 and 2. Psalms 119, verse 1 and 2. Here's what it says. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of God. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Go with me to verse 6. Then I would not be... Didn't Jesus say something? If you do this, you will not be... Here's what he says. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. Verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your... Anybody like to have a better life in five years? I mean, would you like to have a better life in five years? I'm going to save you a lot of pain. Just do exactly what God tells you to do for the next five years. I get paid good money to tell you all this. I don't know why. I ain't figured it out yet. But, but it's real simple. Just do what God's told you to do. And in five years, you won't be the same person. Your life will change. Mine changes every five, every five years. I always use cycles, five years. I'm, I've never been the same person after every five. Why? Because God puts me more through more stuff. I have to trust him with more stuff. I have more tests. I have more trials. But then again, I learn more about his word. Go with me to verse 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your... Got problems? Issues? Struggles, there's an answer. His word. I need to pray. Only if you pray his word. I need to I just need to ask God for help. Only if you ask through his word. What messes up people is not that they don't humble themselves. We we get all excited as preachers. Boy, I had an altar full of people, people crying, laying out in the altar and all this. That's wonderful. But how many of them got changed? That's the only thing I care about. Through all these years, it's all I care about. And the only way that anything will be changed in their life is not because they had a great church service. It's because somewhere between where they were sitting and coming down here and praying and what they heard and what they received, God implanted inside of them a word. I'll tell you how powerful a word is. A word is so powerful that somebody can dumbly say, I love them. How far can that take you? 
I've seen people abused, misused, live on crackers and nothing. You tell them, look, you need to leave. I'm telling you, you ain't need to put up with that no more. I love them, brother, a lot. It's amazing what a word will do, won't it? One word in your heart, it'll change everything about your actions. What I found through the years is I love worship. I love the services. I love people receiving a spiritual move. I love the Holy Spirit filling people. I love all that. But what I love more than anything else in all the world is when God puts a word in somebody's heart. Because that's life changing. Let me show it to you in, in three stories. I, I'm out of time. Well, not really, but I, I got a few minutes. Three stories real quick, and I want to show you three stories that will relate what I'm telling you. Stories you know really well, but you usually don't see them this way. But they're going to explain what I've been teaching. Go with me to Matthew 8, verses 5 through 13. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed dreadfully tormented. Okay, now let's, let's get this. I have to be humble and I have to allow his power, right? We got those two, but without the third, it's useless, right? Without the word. So listen to what happens. So go back to, go back, go back. Let's, let's reread it. Let's catch all part. Now, when Jesus said to Capernaum, a certain centurion came to him pleading. That means he was what? Humbled pleading with him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Jesus says, I, because you've asked, I have the power to come and do it. This is what happens. The satyrian answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only... I've humbled myself. I have no doubt you have the power to do it. But what I really need from you is only a word. I I don't need all the fanfare. I don't need all the hoopla. I just need you to speak the word. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come, but only speak the word, and my servant might get better. No, no, whatever word you speak, Lord, I will believe it. Whatever word, if you say it, then it's done. If you say it, I believe. If you say it, it is done. If you say it, I believe. For also, next verse, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and not to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found so great a faith, not even in 
listen to me and, and, and catch me really well. I don't want us to ever stop our worship. I don't ever want us to stop raising our I don't ever want us to stop praising. I don't ever want to stop altar calls. I don't ever want to stop God moving and feeling the Spirit and people falling out. I don't ever want to stop what God does through, through all of that. But listen to me very, 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 very carefully. None of it is of any value if it has no word attached to it. The greatest thing you will ever do is fight, pursue Him, spend time with Him, love on Him, listen to music, pray, all to get a word. The centurion understood this. And Jesus gives him a compliment above every, I mean, I'm talking about of everybody Jesus ever met in this earth, Jesus ever talked to, ever worshipped. Jesus says, I have never in my life met anyone with more faith than that man. Isn't that what you want? We always talk about, well, we need faith. We need, well, there you go. How do you have it? Humility, knowing God has power, and then just saying, God, if you ever speak the word. Some of those words I catch through the Bible. Lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. That's his word. So when I walk into a hospital, I'm like, well, we're going to just see what happens. No. I walk into a hospital, first thing I you ready to go home? And they, sometimes they look at me strange. Well, the doctor said, I know he's practicing medicine. And I want you to know he's still going to keep on practicing. I'm not practicing. I quit practicing a long time ago. I just want to know you're ready to go home. Bro, a lot. I'm not, well, let's read a few scriptures, and I'll read some scriptures. Here's what God says. Which one do you believe? Well, I believe I can be healed. Well, I do too. Then let's believe it together. That's what we're called to do. That's, that's what we're called to do. Surely I say to you, I have not. And I say to you that it, that. Many will come from the east and the west and will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because they don't believe my word. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same before he got back home. The servant was already healed. Let me show it to you in another story. Go with me to Mark 10, 46 through 52. Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a lot of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard... Oh, oh. Faith comes by. When he had heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, he's already been sitting there in Jericho for months, for years. He's sitting and he hears all the racket that comes through. It's like, do you hear about Jesus raising that dead man over there? Did you hear about Jesus healing that woman the other day? Did you hear about? And he's been hearing about this Jesus of Nazareth. Faith comes by hearing. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, now here's the key, son of David. Why would he say that? 
Why does he not say, Jesus of Nazareth? Why does he say, Jesus, son of David? Because it's a key part. Son of David means that Jesus was of the lineage of the throne of David. And I don't have time for all the scriptures in this. But basically, Abraham was promised that through your lineage, a king would come. David was promised that one of your descendants, the great Messiah, the great king, will sit on your throne. Son of David. Jesus. Oh, son of... And I can hear Jesus... You know, he hears people crying out all the time around him. He's walking along. He hears people crying out all the time. Jesus, heal me. Jesus. Hey, I need healing. Hey, send some miss away. But while he's walking out of Jericho, he hears, he hears a sound that stops him. Jesus, oh, son of David. Have mercy on me. Oh. Who said that? Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out. Let's just say he prayed a little harder. He cried out the more. Son of David. (laughs) Son of David. I know who you are. I know who you are. Don't walk by. Have mercy on me. I know your power. I know your ability. I know. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling for you. He's got a word for you. For everybody who knocks. He'll open, and everybody who seeks, he'll find. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Rabbi, our teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith. (laughs) There's that word again, prayer. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the... So he heard, and by faith he spoke the word that God had given to him, which you are the son of David, you are the Messiah, you are the king. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And by faith you can do anything. By faith you can ask for anything. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let me show you one more. Next one. Go there with me. Matthew 9. And I could pull 50 of these if it'd make you feel better. Because it always works the same. 
And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. This is the lady with the issue of blood. Had gone 12 years, had, had not gotten any better, spent all her money on practicing doctors, and had gotten no better. She heard that Jesus was coming, heard about this Jesus, and said within herself, for she said to herself, if I only may touch his garment, I'll be made whole. Where did she get that? Well, in the Old Testament, if I had time, we would talk about through Leviticus, where you have to understand that she, for 12 years, could not touch her husband if she had one, could not touch her children if she had one. She could not touch any person. I'm talking about Life change. And she hears about Jesus. And she says to herself, I know it says in Isaiah that when the Messiah comes, he will have healing in his wings. Wings there is interpreted fringe. And she said to herself, this may cost me my life. Because for her to bump into people and be in a crowd and do this and not call herself and not to have cut, she could have easily been killed and stoned. It would have been exactly what would have happened. That's why when she touches him, notice when she touches him in, in Mark, when it describes it there, that she withdrew herself and she didn't want nobody to see her. Because she was like, oh Lord. And Jesus takes it to another level by stopping the crowd when she touches the hem of his garment and says, someone touched me. You can imagine, oh God, I don't need this. Everybody just want to ever go to church and get your healing or your prayer answered back there? Pastor Lot says, anybody that needs prayer, come on forward. Oh, I just get it right here. That's her. She's like, I don't want nobody knowing what I've been through. I don't want anybody. This is not good. But what's happening? She's humbled herself. She's heard His Word. She's obeyed, acted on that Word. And for her, it's accounted as faith. For she said, if I only may touch the hem of I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned around and when He saw her, said to her, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. The blood which had been dripping from her for 12 years. And I'm not getting all the details. But basically she could not stop a flow. All of a sudden within an hour was gone. Because of a word. Listen to me very carefully. Praying is good. Crying out is good. Knowing God has all the power in the world to do it is wonderful. But what you need more than anything else is to know that you have heard a word from God and it's worth going to the mat for. During this COVID and all this is some of the most difficult time for me. 
Because people will say, should I get the vaccine? Should I not? Should I? And you know, there's only really one answer. What has God spoke to you? For my mom and dad, oh, we're getting it, we're old. God, like, no problem. For someone else, it's like, I just don't know, I don't feel. Then what you need is you need to seek God until you got a word. Until you are confident, don't, what anybody else says doesn't matter. The only thing that has any value is whatever God speaks in your life. But what's God spoke to you? None of your business. Medical records are always kept silent. None of your business. Why do you say that? Because I don't want you to do it because I do it. Because what God may speak to you, God ain't told you to move to Forest, Mississippi and do this and this and this. You start doing everything God's told me to do, you might get in a world of hurt. Because God didn't speak that to you. But every one of us in this room, our next step of life is built on one thing. Humility before a great God. Knowing the power of that great God. And then hearing a word from that great God. Now it may be as simple as me hearing a rhema word where I stuck my face to the glass, but it comes a whole lot simpler if you just open your Bible and you'll just wrestle out what's in the Bible. It'll save you a whole lot of time. You don't have to keep just like wandering around in the woods wondering like, God, I need a word. If you just sit at your table for a few minutes and really just shut off your Facebook and close your phone off and open the Bible and say, God, I'm fixing, I'm fixing to open this word and I need you to speak to me. Let me tell you what God will do. He'll speak to you. Will you stand? There are two people in this room today. There are two people. There's one of you that has not heard a word from God, and because of that, life is very confusing. Life is... I'm not sure, I'm not, and I understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. That would be normal if I didn't have a direction from the Holy Spirit, if I'm not sure what God has said. That's normal. It's not, it's not good or bad. It's just, it just it's where you're at. But a lot, I just, I just don't know some answers. I don't know how I'm supposed to pray. I don't know how I'm supposed to let go or hang on to this. I don't know. And if you're in this room today, then you're that person that needs a word from God. All the scriptures you've ever read, all the prayers you've ever prayed, all the things that's got you to this point, if you would allow the Holy Spirit right now, just allow the Holy Spirit. The Bible says one of His main jobs is to guide you into all truth. That's His job. He's, he's not trying to hide it from you. He's trying to guide you into And if you have the courage this morning to say, God, I, I don't have enough strength for all of this. For all my family and what's going on in my job and what's going on in this world and what's going on around, I, I just don't have enough. But God, I know you do. I know that you have all power, all authority. God, what I need today is I need your Holy Spirit as I cry out to you, I need direction.
That's one person in this room. The other person in this room is somebody who's already got a word. But you haven't become a Hebrews 11 person yet, have you? You know what you're supposed to do. You know how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to walk. You know when you open your mouth and junk comes out and it ain't supposed to be coming out. You'll start talking about the president and the Congress and what happened last week and who honked their horn at you and you're like, that ain't what I'm supposed to be speaking. I'm supposed to be going here. My life and my family is supposed to be going here. God spoke a word to you. But it's been a long journey. You need to restir that word. Remind yourself that if he said it, I believe it. And if he said it, he'll do it. He said it. We'll win those kids at Oakdale. We'll go into places they said we can't. We'll build camps that 600, 700 kids can come to that people are like, how did y'all do that? Because he said it. And we can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If he'll say it, if Anybody stand against me. If God be for me, then who dare be against me? You're one of those two people. And the only answer is you have to step out from where you are and you have to come to this altar. I know it's humiliating. I know it's humbling. But you have to do it and you have to decide that, God, I can't do it within myself. I don't have the strength, but you do. I want a fresh word. I want a new word. I need a word from you, not from pastor. I want you to speak it into my heart. And whatever you speak, I'll do it. I'll stand on it. I'll write it in a notebook. I'll write it in a Bible when I'm 19 years old and I'll remind myself that that same God is overseeing my life. That's you right now. That you, you decide. Do you need a word? Then step out. If you need to re- encourage that word, then step out. Your Father is waiting. Your Father is waiting. If you're in this room and as they begin to sing, If you say, Pastor, that's me. Then you move. May the Lord bless you. If you get a chance this week, don't give that devil fits. He deserves every bit of it. You're dismissed.